Hello and welcome to the Investment Chat, a monthly podcast brought to you by Kleinwood Hambros. I'm Fahad Kamal, Chief Investment Officer. And I'm Andrew Thompson, Head of Investment Management. In today's episode, we'll take a look at markets as they stand today, with a particular focus on the bond market and potentially the opportunities that have come to the fore. Farhad, lovely to catch up as always. Plenty happening in markets at the moment. It looks as if the bond market, though, is the most talked about at the moment. A lot happening there. Yields rising, uh, rising higher, presumably as, as, as investors are trying to grapple with the um, continuing threat of inflation. How are you seeing things at the moment? You know, this is a very confounding time, really, for any analyst or strategist as they survey the landscape. First and foremost, I mean, there is almost a recession taking place in the manufacturing side of most developed economies, but an absolute boom taking place in the services side of most economies. Most unusual. I mean, you know, in every uh, cycle in history, manufacturing and services tend to go together. But this time there's great divergence, obviously still being impacted greatly by what was the great pandemic and, and, and the economic impacts of, of which forced us to gorge on goods consumption during that time. But now uh, having us issue from it and where we were completely absent from consuming services, now we're having revenge service consumption. So those trends are unusual, but carry on. In addition to that sort of conundrum, you've also got what has been the fastest and most severe tightening cycle really in in memory. We've had rates across the developed world go up by hundreds of basis points over the last year or so. But in spite of that, you know, activity remains very strong. And we really, you know, the consumers globally, particularly for services, tend to be, they appear to be defying what is a much tighter monetary paradigm and much more uh, sort of a higher cost of finance, whether it's, you know, for companies doing CapEx, whether it's for households in things like paying credit cards, partly as a result of actually balance sheets for both corporates and households still remain quite strong. The other source of uh, confusion, I would suppose, is that in the beginning of this year, you know, we had great expectations for the Chinese economy. It was obviously removing uh, the shackles of what was a very draconian pandemic lockdown and, and sort of entering, you know, a period of, uh, of what we expected to be really uh, sort of high, high octane growth. And on the same time, we, you know, we had a very sort of dismal view on the UK economy, on European economy in general, uh, as we thought that there would be obviously still a lot of challenges, particularly regarding very high inflation and energy prices. As it's turned out, our expectations for Europe and the UK and even the US have gotten a lot stronger as the year has progressed. And many of the great expectations we had for the Chinese economy remain somewhat unmet. You know, the Chinese economy is just, while it has obviously reopened, it's really taking longer than expected to get out of the blocks. So it's the, that's the landscape. It's a confusing one and one with plenty of, of contradiction. But I think the key takeaway is really is this, which is that we don't expect a recession as our base case anymore. Activity is better globally than we expected it to be, particularly in the developed economies uh, and the UK and Europe really are leading that. Uh, the Chinese economy is slower than we've expected, but still obviously growing strongly. All in all, recession is no longer our base case, but slower, more subdued, 
global growth is. And looking at a specific asset class within that, looking again at the bond market where we have seen some pretty big, big moves, an asset class that effectively investors had eschewed for uh, for a number of years in favour of, of equities now seems to be coming back into to vogue. How are we positioned for that? What opportunities are we seeing perhaps in, in, in the fixed income asset class? Andrew, the fixed income asset class is, is fascinating and in many ways is, is almost the perfect reflection of the earlier and confusing macro picture that I said. We started the year, for example, in, in the UK with the 10-year gilt yield at about 3.6. Now, by any measure over the last decade or so, that is a very juicy yield and, and many investors, you know, rushed towards the asset class, thinking that, you know, that, that finally, you know, there, there is a reasonable yield on offer in government bonds and even sort of correspondingly then in, in other, in other fixed income asset classes. We, we didn't. We were still somewhat skeptical. We thought that while 3.6 was obviously a higher yield than we've had in quite some time, there was still a lot of inflationary pressure in the system, given that growth was was likely to be better than many had expected. Anyway, as it's turned out now, as we as we approach the mid-year, is that actually 3.6 is, is relatively low compared to where we are right now in the UK, which is closer to 4.3, 4.4 in terms of the 10-year guilt yield. And our short duration positioning earlier in the year has been wise, given that yields have risen quite appreciably since then. But where we are now, we really do think that we are getting very close to the end of this inflationary, the renewed inflationary surge. We also think the central banks are getting quite close to the end of their tightening cycles. And this is actually a very good time to be increasing duration. And we, we recently have done that in our portfolios, taking advantage of these very elevated yields. And we do think that actually here we are closer to the top. We always said that somewhere in the threes, you know, we'll, we'll be a little bit more circumspect. But as we approach four and above, we'll be more um, greedy towards the asset loss. And that's exactly where we've gone. The markets have given us that opportunity and we've increased our bond duration. Having said that, though, uh, you know, as last year is a, is a stark reminder the fixed income world is a volatile one, particularly these days. Safe haven asset classes are like bonds can be far from safe havens at times. 2022 was a very stark and painful reminder of that, uh, which is why we still, while we are increasing our, our exposure, you know, we don't think that bonds are by any means the answer in, in a world of confusion. I mean, we still have plenty of diversity within our safe haven buckets. We've increased bonds a little bit, but we still continue to hold some gold. We also continue to hold hedge funds and other asset classes. And we do think that that diversified approach to safety remains the, the, the right place to be. And just touching a little more on those diversifiers, in recent years, we as an investment house have been amongst those who who have either steered clear of, of bonds or have tended to be underweight to the asset class. That obviously has has been beneficial as interest rates have have now risen sharply, and 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 some of the sort of alternatives that we've used in lieu of fixed income exposure, such as gold that you uh, you've mentioned there, have served us very well. In an environment now with yields much higher, are those still those diversifiers, particularly the non-yielding diversifiers? Do they still merit a, a, a place in portfolios to greater or lesser extent? 
The short answer uh, to the question, Andrew, is yes, they do. But uh, as always, it, it's more nuanced than that. So if you have a non-yielding asset such as gold, obviously, as interest rates go up, the opportunity cost of holding something that doesn't give you an income rises as well. So we actually are taking advantage of this particular opportunity within the fixed income market where yields are higher to slightly increase our duration towards government bonds that I've already mentioned, but also to sell uh, some of our gold position and thereby taking profits uh, with gold at, at sort of near all-time highs and putting that towards investment-grade credit where we also see, uh, you know, similar to government bonds, some very favorable and juicy yields on offer. So gold continues to be part of our diversified set of, of safe havens, but albeit we do think that at this juncture in the market, given where yields are, uh, given that there's likely to be falling inflation and slightly more more uh, stability in terms of central bank policy, we do think that, that actually this is a favorable time to take some profit on what's been a very, very favorable gold holding and put it towards some of these asset classes that have sold off like government bonds and investment grade credit at these very elevated and very juicy yields. Fahad, great to catch up with you as ever. Um, Thanks very much for your time. Thank you for listening to this month's episode of The Investment Chat. We'll be back next month for a regular investment update. So do make sure you join us by clicking the follow button wherever you're listening to this right now. Every new episode will land straight on your device as soon as it's available. Until then, thank you for listening. Goodbye.